We have a big, big election for governor of New York this year. And there I don't know that there's I know they say this for every election every year. I genuinely don't know if there's been a more important gubernatorial election year. There's a lot at stake in every aspect of New York life. So I have been trying to interview all of the candidates for governor. And one of the candidates that is getting a lot of momentum as a third-party candidate is somebody that uh, far exceeded expectations four years ago. Four years ago, he did so well running as a libertarian candidate that he actually got the libertarians ballot access in New York State for the very first time. Uh, He's a business consultant, an entrepreneur, and once again, the libertarian nominee for governor of New York State, Larry Sharp. Larry, thanks for getting up early with us. Uh, Maybe I didn't even go to sleep, man. What are you talking about? (laughs) I am very happy to be here. Thanks, Frank. I love it. My kind of guy. Now, um, a lot of our listeners, and we have listeners not just in New York, but all over the country, a lot of our listeners are hearing your name and hearing your voice for the very first time. Give us the what? sort of 60-second no elevator pitch. Who are you? What's your background in business? What's your profession? What do you do for a living? What's your background in politics? This is a, a great question. For those who actually care, it's very easy if you like. If you could um, just Google Larry Sharp. That makes things a lot easier for everybody. And if you want to see a good interview, Google Larry Sharp and Glenn Beck. Uh, that's probably one of my my best interviews I've done. If you want to do that, it's about an it's about an hour long, but it's a very detailed interview on on how I think. But I'm and, a, a and New you, Yorker. by the way, I do I'm, I do have to say you did a great interview uh, with Joe Rogan a few years ago as well that got a lot of attention. Absolutely. So the thing that's that's interesting about being a third party is you have to talk about actual issues and policies. I'll cover that in a second. Let me answer your first question, then I'll head to the next one. My name is Larry Sharp, as I said, born in Manhattan, raised in the Bronx as a little kid, then out on Long Island as an older kid, joined the Marine Corps at 17 because my father passed away when I was a kid, lost, um, went up to the Marines for seven years, glad I did it, came back. My mother was in trouble. She couldn't handle my father's death and me leaving, and she wanted becoming an addict and eventually becoming uh, a felon. I tried to help her out by getting her up and rock and rolling, started a small trucking business to to get her back in, back on track, left that business, went after my own business, failed at that business, sold that one off, went back to working and doing different things, then started this business now as a consultant. And as I started doing that, working with small and large companies, teaching, training in business and leadership. I've also taught at Columbia and uh, John Jay and uh, also here at Baruch and Yale. And my mom eventually retired. She couldn't stay in New York State. New York State is so oppressive that people can't retire here. So she had to pack up and move to South Carolina, and she missed my daughter, which was terrible. The the New York State is so bad, it literally breaks up families. My mom actually wound up dying in South Carolina and not dying here in New York with their family. And that's a problem that we have consistently all over the place. I want New Yorkers to want to retire here and spend their pensions here and not spend them in Florida. Then um, after that, I decided, you know, maybe it's time for me to pack up and leave. So I thought about leaving. Around 2017, I'm thinking about going to North Carolina because for what I do, I need to have a big business, big business around me, a large city. So I thought I'd go to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I went down there and I realized I could sell my shoebox of a house here in Queens. I live in Astoria, Queens, and buy a mansion in North Carolina and pay less taxes and be happier. And instead of me doing it, I got angry. And I thought, why? Do I have to leave? Why does New York State suck? 
Why do I have to leave my family, my friends, my business, where I grew up? In an amazing state. And for those of you who don't live in New York, I'm going to give you some news. New York is an amazing state. It's a state that has everything you could possibly want in it. The largest city in the country. It has hunting. It has fishing. It has skiing. It has falls. It has farmland. Whatever you like. If you like sports. You like opera. Doesn't matter. This state has it. How about the restaurant? How about sucks. the restaurant? Yes. It's our government that sucks. So I came back to change our government, run for government in 2018, and fix it all. And Frank, you'll be shocked. It didn't go as planned. <laughs> I did not win that election. So instead of me giving up there after I lost. I decided to cross the state, as you said, we got ballot access for the Libertarian Party, trying to create a real third party. I crossed the state and I said, I'm going to keep going. And I crossed the state and we got 107 victories in 2019. Most people don't know there were 107 Libertarians elected in New York State, one of the bluest states in the union, if not the bluest state. And we had 107 Libertarians elected. And then the year after, they decided, well, we, we can't have Larry Sharp do that. And they removed ballot access from my party. And now I have to do it all over again. So uh, I'm back in action, Frank, do it one more time. Uh, well, um, I, think, uh, I think you're speaking for a lot of people. Now, just so folks understand your political journey, I think a lot of folks may be sympathetic on both the left and the right to your motivating factor in terms of getting involved in state politics, which is the cost of living, among other things. But they might say, why not do it within the auspices of one of the major parties, Republican or Democrat? Why choose a third party vehicle? Sure. I'll give you a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, a Democrat in uh, to run a statewide election is only selected by the party favorites. That's it. I have zero chance of getting the Democratic nomination. It's always the top of the line, whoever's in charge. Right. So it was Cuomo and now it's Hochul. They don't even want a primary. They're fighting a primary, right? So I would have zero chance of that, no chance whatsoever. Second piece, Republicans. Republicans can't win in this state. It is impossible. My chance of winning is slim. Republican chance is zero. Republicans have not won a statewide election in this state in 20 years. Nothing. They haven't won AG, Senate, governor, nothing in 20 years. And the state's getting bluer, not redder. If you remember... Florida used to be a swing state. It's not anymore. It's a red state. Why? Because we've exported all of our Republicans down to California. So we turned the state red. It, New York Blue, state is mean. three to one Democrat to Republican statewide and six to one in New York City. So running as a Republican is a colossal waste of time in a statewide election. Don't get me wrong. Republicans win locally in our state all the time. Statewide, zero chance. So me running as any of the two major parties, Zero chance of success. It's a waste of time. I, I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. But the second piece is I'm not going to make any impact doing that. The impact is third party because the impact is the only way that you can cross over. Now, I'm saying this not just to say. I said that if I ran in it 2018 and even if I lost, I could make change in the state and get people thinking. And I did. Absolutely happened. And 107 victories is proof of that. I also then said, Libertarian Party is the only party that can accept everybody, left and right. You can be as liberal or as conservative as you want to be. You just don't want to force your views on others. Let Brooklyn be Brooklyn. Let Staten Island be Staten Island. Let Broome County be Broome County. Let you know Erie County be Erie County. Leave people alone and we can survive. We can get people together. If we really believe in diversity, and I do, then why do we keep having one-size-fits-all plans for everything in this state and the city? 
That's the problem. Let's really be diverse and let people be who they want to be. Now, I have proof of that. Zogby polls come out twice in a row. Two different Zogby polls, not purchased by me, independently purchased. And in both cases, I polled at 6% and I haven't even started running yet, polling at 6%. And here's the best part about it. You can see that when you add me into the mix from the top two, Republican, Democrat, I gain from both Democratic voters, Republican voters, and those who are considered unsure. My biggest chunk comes from unsure. You also see that when people voted for me last time, about 25% of them were actually registered Democrats. So you can see that I actually do cross over. People do come to my, my area because I'm talking about actual solutions, not just other guy bad. People don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, talking with Larry Sharp, he's the libertarian nominee for governor of New York State. Uh, ran four years ago, got uh, ballot access for the libertarians. If you want to check out his website, you can go to LarrySharp.com. That's Sharp with an E. Larry, you know, most of my political experience has been in the third party sector, the third party sphere. Yep. So, you know, the question I'm not about to uh, I'm about to ask you is not a reflection of my views or how I view the situation, but I have to get this out of the way because there are a lot sure. of listeners that view it this way. <clears throat> Isn't a vote for a third party candidate like you or any third party candidate a wasted vote? Wouldn't my vote yep. be better off being spent on one of the candidates with a better chance of winning? I love that question. And I'm going to bring it up specifically in New York State because that's what we're talking about here. Think about it. There were, if you voted last time in 2018, for the Democrat, if you spent your time, money, and energy on the Democrat nom- nominee, which was Andrew Cuomo at the time, if you spent your time, money, and energy on, on that person, what did you get? Nothing. You got the same old policies, a broken state. You t- took your money, time, and your vote, you threw it in the garbage. What if you voted for the Republican last time around? What'd you get? Nothing. You took your time, money, and energy and threw it in the garbage. Both wasted votes. But what if you had instead decided to vote on me in 2018? And what if you decided that to put your time, money, and energy into my campaign? I'm still here, number one. All the rest are all gone. Everybody who ran in 2018 is gone. I'm still here. Not just that. I got ballot access and made change in the state. You actually had a change in the state. It was removed by the state. But I gave you actual change. Not just that. My website, with all my policies, has never gone down. You go to lottershop.com, a lot of the same policies from 2018 have added more. There are ideas there for you. You can't find policy on anybody else's uh, website. So the only person who it was not a waste for was me. Everyone else, you took your time, your money, and your energy, and you threw it in the garbage. My vote was actually an investment. Time and money with me was an investment. And again, that's demonstrable. You can see it right now here in New York State. So folks are trying to understand your candidacy and the rationale behind it. Do you think that you can actually win the election or is this about primarily restoring ballot access for the libertarians and uh, carving out and crafting a message that future voters will respond to? It's a great it's a great question. Is there a chance for victory? Yes. Is it a high chance? I'm not fooling myself. It isn't. Let me explain why. As I said before, the Republican can't win the state. So there are two separate options. Either the Democrat will win or an outsider will win, right? So either Democrat wins or, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, who's a cool guy? Maybe Mark Cuban comes up from Florida and spends $10 billion and wins, right? Some outsider. I hope I'm that outsider, right? People do know who I am. 
I'm already polling well already. If Hochul makes a big mistake, I could win. That's how it has to work. Sadly, I can't control that. Why? You know a lot of Republicans, and I would want you to think about the Republicans that you know and ask them what it would take for them to vote for a Democrat. What would it take for them to vote for Kathy Hochul? And there are some people now who are watching and listening who are literally laughing because there's nothing. Well, here's what I would say. Democrats feel the same way about Republicans. They feel exactly the same way. They're not voting for the Republican. Doesn't matter. If Kathy Hochul screws up badly, those votes come to me. So I have to run a hardcore campaign to the best of my ability, raise money as I did last time. I raised over half a million dollars last time. Try. And if she screws up, I can win. Why? New York State is not a majority state. It's a plurality state. I only have to have more than the rest. In theory, I could win with 35 percent of the vote. So what you're saying, so, let's say let's say a very controversial Democrat were to emerge as the winner of the primary. Let's say Andrew Cuomo, for instance, who people may not yep. like for sexual harassment reasons or for the nursing home reasons. And a lot of Demo- example and Democrats may not want to vo- vote for someone like that to be governor, but they could never vote for them, bring themselves to vote for an Andrew Giuliani, for instance. They'd be more likely to gravitate towards you. And I think the data already from the last election is in that unhappy Democrats voted for me. That's what actually happens. So that is my chance for victory. But I want to be very realistic. Let's say I can't win. Okay, no worries. What if I come in second? What if I beat the Republican? Which could happen. If I beat the Republican in this race, you know what happens? The entire state changes. Because you know, as well as uh, many other people do, this state legally is run by the top two parties which means all of a sudden the state's run by Democrats and libertarians. Now, that can't happen. There simply aren't enough libertarians in the state. It couldn't work. They have to rewrite the rules. And they would. They, be, they would rewrite the rules. But when they rewrite the rules, it would include now third parties. Third parties matter. Why do they matter? Because without third parties, no one's talking about ideas. They're only talking about the other guy is bad. You've all gotten the, uh, the emails, the email that comes if you, if you, if you lean left. The email says, stop us from, you know, uh, let's stop Trumpism from destroying the world. Give me money. And if you're on the right, you get the email that says, Patriot, let's stop the evil socialists from destroying our country. Send me money. None of those say, here's what I'm going to do to make your life better. Right. They just say, let me stop you. You know, let me stop the other guy. Give me money. But I talk about actual policy issues, what we can actually do. Third parties will make that happen. So me even coming in second makes that happen. We, we add third parties, which is the only way to heal our country. We can heal our country with a third party because now if you're a Democrat, you can't cross the aisle and talk to a Republican. You lose your seat. You're a Republican. You can't cross the aisle and talk to a Democrat. You lose your seat. But if there are libertarians in, guess what? You can talk to libertarians and we can actually be the peacemakers. We can actually... Democrats are supposed to be about civil liberties. I mean, clearly they're not, but they're supposed to be. But libertarians are. You would have better Democrats because some would actually have to care about civil liberties or they'll lose their seat. They won't be able to get elected. Republicans are supposed to be about small business, less taxes, smaller government. I mean, clearly they're not either. But if you had a powerful libertarian party, they would have to be. You will get better Democrats and better Republicans just if the libertarian party does well. And we don't have to run everything. We don't have to be 51% of the assembly or the state Senate. Right now in the state Senate, if there were four libertarians, we would run the Senate because we'd be the swing vote. 
In fact, that'll be the national level too. We have three libertarians national level. Oh well, especially at the national level where it's fifty fifty. Hundred percent. What is the single biggest issue if you had to pick one in your campaign? There are so many. Oh my God! But the overall issue, overall, is actually the budget. Now that's not sexy and exciting. I know it isn't, but that is the overall issue. Everything has to go back to that. We have lost about two and a half million people in New York State for the past ten years or so. And our budget's gone up by like fifty billion. So you don't have to be, a, you know, have a, a degree in math to figure out we're paying more individually, and people just keep leaving. So it's the budget along with people leaving the state. I said in twenty eighteen that I would be judged if I won by whether I stopped the bleeding of people leaving the state in twenty eighteen. If people were still leaving, I was a failure. If they weren't leaving, I was winning, and I would count that same thing. People have to stay. And one of the biggest reasons why people leave is that the rate, the cost of living is so high, add crime on top of that in most of the cities. Crime isn't that big of a deal outside the cities. I mean, it is, but nowhere near um, actually compared to in the cities. So let's talk it's about cost crime. of living and then lifestyle. Let's talk about crime. Uh, Kathy Hochul unveiled her plan for correcting bail reform giving judges more discretion in asking for bail, uh, better use of Kendra's law. What would the Larry Sharp approach to uh, be to fixing the crime problem in New York? If you want to deal with bail reform, I'll touch crime and bail reform. Bail reform first. What drives me crazy is my entire discussion of bail reform was for one thing. Bail reform should be focused on first-time offenders. If you just focus on first-time offenders, these problems go away. First-time offender is the best chance of someone who got arrested for something stupid and may change their life. First-time offender is the person who might have been arrested because they went wrong place, wrong time, and didn't do anything. First-time offender is the key issue. First-time offenders, we worried mostly about things like ankle bracelets and such. You look at all these horrible crimes being, uh, being committed by people who skipped out on bail. All of them are multiple-time arrestee. All of them multiple-time offenders. All of them. The key, I can't believe we did such a terrible job of doing that. That's what I want us to focus bail reform on. The person who either isn't, is not is innocent and they made a mistake in arresting the person or the person who made an error and has a chance of actually you know, getting their life together. First-time offender is what we should have focused bail reform on that we didn't was such a miss and an embarrassment in how we did that. So first-time offender for bail reform. Crime. Crime is not because... There are worse people in the city or because people are mean. Crime always goes up in waves like this because of one reason only, the black market. That's why it goes up. It's the black market. You look throughout history of America. Every time there's massive crime waves, it's always uh, uh, gang-related crime that shoots the crime wave, wave up hugely. We have two different issues here in New York City, in most cities, but New York City. One is, of course, tons of black market gang gang violence. And the second is people who are either homeless or have mental issues or addiction issues uh, in, in our city. Both so, of those were directly caused by our COVID lockdown protocols. That's what made everything terrible. Things got bad in 2020 and 2021. Why? We locked everybody down. We took all our young men and said, you know what? Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Stay home with no purpose. And the gang leader said, thank you. Oh, my God. This is a recruitment night. This is a recruitment um, um, wet dream. I'm so glad I have all of these uh, people now to join my gangs. And, of course, they're having violence out in the middle of the street. 
How do you enforce your contracts when you can't call the cops or use courts? This is the black market is. You use violence. That's how it works. So and there's a black market now in everything. What, Drugs. What, yeah. Labor. So let's Sorry, talk about that. Uh, that's probably the biggest black market uh, item is for hard drugs like cocaine yep. and heroin. Uh, Governor Larry Sharp would push to legalize those things. Cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. I've been talking about it forever and I'll keep talking about it. Right. We should le- we should uh, regulate cannabis like a plant. I said regulate like onions. Why does that matter? You want to regulate cannabis like so a farmer can make it. So the poor person can literally grow up in their backyard if they want. I want the little guy to win. I always talk about helping the working poor and the middle class. We help the working poor and the middle class. We'll make a better New York. Well, how about heroin? So what how we, about heroin? If you you don't want to legalize these drugs, what you want to do is completely decriminalize cannabis and decriminalize possession. Those are the two key key pieces. Right. So cannabis should be easily the reason why cannabis matters so much. People don't get this. Eighty percent of all of our addicts came from an opioid prescription. If there were cannabis products, a bunch of people wouldn't use opioids. We know this to be true. It's happened in other countries. They start using cannabis products, which are not addictive. So what happens? First off, you stop creating addicts. Second, people who are trying to kick the habit. I know my mother was an addict. I've been through this. If you have an addict in in your family, you know this to be true. Once they start going to withdrawals, they just want to go right back to the drug. Use a cannabis product. It mitigates the withdrawal so they can actually get clean. My mom was clean when she died. She never went back. This can work. It can happen. You can still save your loved ones. But not just that. We're getting mad at, at people bringing fentanyl into the country. And we should. But again, if, you're, if you've been an addict in your life, you know what I'm going to say is true. A lot of addicts are looking for fentanyl. It's not a mistake. When addicts see people who are overdosing, that doesn't turn them away. It turns them on. They're looking for it. They actually want that stronger high. They go for it. We have to get them to not be going for it. How do we do that? Cannabis products and not arresting them because they possess it. Again, they rob somebody. That's a crime. They knock somebody over the head. That's assault. It's a crime. If they're committing crimes to get their drugs, that's a crime. The fact that they have the drug should never be a crime. That is a cry for help. Let's get them help, and we can do that. Larry, that's the uh, best we're going to have to end it there. We'll, we'll talk again soon. We're going to be talking to you a lot between now and November. If people want to learn more about Larry and his positions on other issues, or if you want to volunteer for the upcoming petition drive, uh, you can go to Larry's website and uh, get all that information. That's Larry Sharp with an E dot com. And the Thanks, E Larry. stands for electable. Don't forget that. <laughs> Best of luck to you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. Thank you.